You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. Go ahead and give it a call. It's brought to you by Geico. Hey, there's great news. You switch to Geico, and it could save you some money. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. And oh, what the hell, while we're here, Sunday, the NFL on CBS doubleheader action begins with Baker and the Browns taking on the Steelers, with the winner staying in the hunt for the last AFC wildcard spot, followed by a key AFC West matchup between the Raiders and the Chiefs. It all starts with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. Brian Broaddus joined us about an hour ago. 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He mentioned an interesting name. Now, I want to say, for context, don't be going nuts. We got, we got faithful listeners in New England. They like On Saturday afternoons, they like chowder and our show. That's it. So uh, let me add for context, because I don't want you freaking out. You know where I'm going, obviously. He mentioned Lincoln Riley first. Then he mentioned then he mentioned Urban Meyer. Then he actually mentioned Sean Payton. Then he mentioned this guy. Hit it. See what the situation is in New England. You don't know what Bill Belichick's contract situation is. See what Sean Payton, yes, did he sign an extension? Everybody has a price in this thing. And I don't think no stern no stone should go unturned in this search for a head coach. Don't settle on a second tier type of assistant or a rising up and coming guy. Go get an established coach that can make this thing work. So you think a swing at wait a minute, you think a swing at Bill maybe? Uh, you don't know his contract situation. You do not know what's going on. Now I, yeah. I know he's one of the top paid coaches. Jerry Jones should take every bit of his resources and try and make a swing at this thing. Uh, and absolutely, don't don't just just do it in a way to say, okay, where are you at contract situation? If they have to make him a $14 million a year coach, by all means, go make. See, there's no salary cap for coaches. Do what you have to do. Jerry Jones is a billionaire owner. You know, he could go out and take every resource he has, but don't take no for an answer. If it were possible, I'd say yes. I, I just don't think it's possible. Jerry Jones is an older gentleman. He's 77 years old. I think Jerry's grown accustomed to doing things his way and in, in, in having his power. And I don't know if Bill Belichick could trust him to have his power. Bill could say, all right, the second you try to step in, I'm just going to leave you. He could try to do that, but I don't know if Bill Belichick would really trust him. And honestly, you know, I say that, that Jerry Jones is 77 years old and maybe is a little bit stuck in his ways. Even though yeah, he's, he's a little bit more forward-thinking, at least in business, than certainly owners have been in the past. I mean, that's what, what made him a Hall of Famer. He's made the NFL a ton of money. But he might have his thoughts of, you know, we've done a pretty good job around here with these Dallas Cowboys. we got a good family system here. We're we're taking care of this business. We don't need something like that. I didn't even think about it. Bill Belichick's 67. He's 10 years younger. Bill Belichick can think, you know, i got a great thing going here. From the very moment he walked into the Patriots, he had that power. He had things the way he wanted. The, the organization wanted him to save their, their franchise, to, to help bring their franchise along. I remember 
uh, I think it was Bob Ryan. Yeah, it was Bob Ryan who told us point blank on our show here in Cleveland. He goes, hey, I laughed when they went and got Bill Belichick. I thought that Bill Belichick was some failed robot who wouldn't do a good job. He said, I thought it was a clown show. And things have changed. And not only did they make Bill Belichick their head coach, they gave him all that power. And maybe loyalty is a big issue to to Bill Belichick. Maybe it's not. Maybe he would like to, to have a fresh start somewhere else. I don't think it hurts the Cowboys to go ahead and look. I don't think it hurts the Cowboys to go ahead and look at a lot of different names. If we're going to talk about him, why not talk about Nick Saban? Nick Saban's 67 years old, looks like he's 43, uh, but he's he's moved on. He's he's played very he's coached very very well. He has a juggernaut of a program at Alabama, but he's not been successful in the NFL. If we're going to go and and get crazy, we might as well get as nuts as we possibly can. Cuz you could sit there and look and roll your eyes and go, "Ken, come on, let's get serious." Well, if I got Brian Broaddus, who is a respected NFL insider bringing this up, then let me bring it up for a second. Saban failed with the Dolphins. He will now, rightfully so, he's right. He didn't get the quarterback, and he knows that the quarterback's as important as anybody. Dak Prescott's had a very nice year so far. I can't put this at the feet of Dak. Zeke Elliott's been pretty good. You're going to pay Dak Prescott, so there's going to have to be more ingenuity. This might be the shot that Nick Saban was trying to take in the first place when he went to the Miami Dolphins. If we're going to get nuts, let's get nuts. He's 67 in his own right. There might be a better chance at a fresh start for him coming from Alabama to go to Dallas. It's it's Cadillac to Cadillac. It's the biggest and best. It's the Yankees of the NFL, no matter what I want to say about it or anybody else. And this is a team that, at 6-6, six and six, is not meeting where they're supposed to be. And the only other name I thought about, and I know I've begged and pleaded, and it's just not going to happen. I did this back in March, and it's not going to happen. I wanted him to go to USC. I wanted Urban Meyer to USC. It's not going to happen. This is the next best thing to me. Now, I'd love Urban to go back to college football. I think I think Urban in college football, and people get very emotionally charged over these statements. I'm entertained when Urban's there. I know that Urban has many, many skeletons in those closets, and that's something that you have to consider. That's why I don't think that if, if Brian Kelly were to leave Notre Dame, I don't think it's open and shut that Notre Dame would just, yeah, sure, let's bring in Urban Meyer. I don't know if that's the case. I think you would have a plethora of really nice, strong candidates if Brian Kelly were to leave Notre Dame and they would be able to pick from and probably be just perfectly fine and still in a college football playoff, certainly very strong picture without Urban Meyer. Plus, Urban Meyer doesn't have to have battleground recruiting fights in the state of Ohio against against the Ohio State program, against Michigan, against Notre Dame, or against uh, Michigan State and some of the other ones out there. I don't think he has a problem with recruiting against Michigan, but the Ohio State thing, you get what I'm saying. So I don't know if that makes as much sense. Urban to Dallas? Damn. And I know it's the number one thing. It's a chance for Urban to prove to himself, maybe to others, that he can be better than Nick Saban. Because I don't think now, if Urban never coaches again, I don't think he draws parity with Nick. And by the time it's all said and done, I don't know if he draws parity with Dabo Sweeney. It could always be Urban, Sweeney, or excuse me, Nick Saban, Sweeney, Urban by the time it's all done. Sweeney doesn't show signs of stopping. I'm still very worried about us disrespecting Clemson football. Ever since he talked about the Roy bus, and he's playing it perfectly. He keeps using disrespect. This is, and I, maybe I'm just feeding into it too much, this is probably one of the, the only program I can remember 
a defending national champion, and it's just like, yeah, but you play in the ACC, and yeah, but hey, ATN's great. And Trevor Lawrence, boy, he's really picked it up over the last five weeks, but you've been playing Wake Forest, and yeah, you've been playing Duke, and playing Boston College, and it's just not really that great. You played the same teams last year. You beat Alabama at their zenith. They're the only team I don't think has ever been afraid of Alabama. Not the first time, second time, third time, whenever. I think they're the only program that's never been afraid of Alabama football. I don't think they're afraid of anybody. So by the time this is all done, I think that Dabo could be right up there near the top with Nick Saban. The only thing that I think that draws urban parity with Nick were to be if he were to go to the NFL, take a program like the Dallas Cowboys, be with Dak Prescott, be with Zeke Elliott, go to a Super Bowl with those guys. It's way easier said than done. I said it in about three seconds. Way easier said than done. It's the only chance. I thought that USC might be the creme de la creme story. It's L.A., it's Hollywood. His wife likes to be noticed. He likes to be noticed. He is a very high-profile person, no matter what he wants to say. He's a very high-profile person. He loves red carpets. It seems to be that type of feeling for him. And I don't think they're going to open up that job for him. But Dallas, man, that's the next big thing. Big hats, big money, big oil, big buildings, big stadium, big players. Big money for him, for his family. It's basically the Hollywood of the central part of America. Wide open town, fun town, a lot of things to do, a lot of things for the whole family to do. And if you win, you are put there with Jimmy and you're put there with Tom. Maybe not Tom, because Jimmy's not even with Tom, but you're put there with Jimmy. 855-2124-CBS. I think that that would be perfect. But it all depends on what he wants. Right now, I will admit, he does look like he's having pretty a lot of fun there at that television booth. Coming up in a little bit, you know, you can be jealous, but you can be honest about it too. Up next, I just want to warn you about something. For, da- for Dolphins fans, for Redskins fans, for Cincinnati fans, I got to warn you because I hear your calls and I hear your commentary. And you sound a lot like I did three years ago. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, remember that, uh, you know, CBS Sports Radio's toll free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Folks, I got some great news if you didn't hear it 20 minutes ago. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. It's the only great news you're going to hear. News usually isn't good. I was on on Thursday morning, 9 to noon, Thanksgiving Day, Eastern, by the way. I took a call from Gary in Jacksonville. I want to play that call for you from Gary in Jacksonville because, boy, Gary sounds very familiar. Hit it. I want to get to Gary in Jacksonville. Gary, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Happy Thanksgiving, Ken. Same to you, Gary. Uh, thank you. I heard you were talking about if you're fans of the team, and you mentioned Miami, but I didn't get the gist of what you were talking about. They need to watch out or something, did you say, or something? Oh, well, did you have anything else to say? Because you're the. Uh, there was a reason I wanted to take your call, because I want you to listen very closely to what I'm about to say. And I'm going to say it again on Saturday, too. I can guarantee you that. You're a Dolphins fan, are you not? Yes, sir. Are you buying into the tank? 
am I buying into? I'm buying into the thought of getting possibly Justin Herbert because we haven't had a quarterback since Dan Marino retired. Yes, which makes you appreciate how how the greatness of Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. I've never been more excited, Ken, because of the fact that five picks in the first two rounds and the amount of free agent money that the Dolphins are going to have. It's the the, the the biggest offseason I've been looking forward to in a long time. Well, I'll tell you this, Ken. When you're 7-9 and nine every year and you pick in the middle of the pack, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Dolphins had it with Marino, they were never terrible enough to be, to be a good team. The Bills started winning in the late 80s and early 90s because they were terrible so long. They were able to get Biscuit and, uh, you, know, you know, Thurman Thomas, all those guys, mm-hmm. Kelly in the early picks because they were so bad for so many years. They're able to draft high. When you draft in the middle of the pack each year, I think it's the worst thing in the world to be between 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven every year and not make the playoffs. It's Gary in Jacksonville, and that's a hell of a call by him. Gary sounds exactly like I did in 2016, around this time. 2016-2017, I bought in. Browns had had never a quarterback. They had taken they had taken swings. Let me let me break it down local before I get national with you here. Cause I'm really talking to three cities in particular. I'm talking to Washington, I'm talking to Cincinnati, I'm talking to Miami. Miami, it was said to it was beyond a shadow of a doubt that's what they were at the beginning of the season. Cincinnati didn't set out the tank, it just basically happened this way, and Washington basically the same thing as as uh, as Cincinnati. I said the same thing three years ago. I was worked up three years ago because they never had a quarterback. We had taken shots at certain players in the past, at, at, at John, not just Johnny Manziel, but there was Brandon Whedon and there was there was Colt McCoy and there was Brady Quinn and it was a mix of Charlie Fry. It was a mix of first and to, to third round guys, and none of them actually mattered at all. It, but it was never at the at the premier. It was never at the top. And you notice what's going on here in the NFL right now. You look at some of the most exciting quarterbacks that we have. It's not. It's really not what we thought it was going to be. And over the last couple of years, that's not who we thought it was going to be. But certainly with this last draft class, and even the year before, look at Mahomes, look at Deshaun Watson. I think that you throw Lamar Jackson in that mix of those good quarterbacks that, that, boy, they just really light up the NFL. I'm not giving up on Sam Darnold. I'm not giving up on Baker Mayfield. You know what? Even Josh Allen. Josh Allen looked great on Thursday. These are guys who are taken by good organizations, who are well-coached, well-organized, they know what they're doing. And over those three organizations that I just talked about, Duke Tobin might be the best off in all of them. I have no idea what to tell you about Chris Greer, and from what Tom just told us, that they're actually evaluating Bruce Allen. Thank God they're finally evaluating Bruce Allen. Shouldn't be a long evaluation, by the way. But they're evaluating Bruce Allen over in Washington. Let me just tell you, I I know that you're excited, because you're a fan of your team and you want to get good as soon as you possibly can and you want to be positive I I totally agree with you I don't want to sit there and be a downer for your team I don't so I just have to give you a warning what Gary and Jacksonville said yesterday I felt the exact same way it was fine you're going to do this let's do this right win a game so you're not going to be historical and they didn't do that win a game so you're not going to be an historical reference but you want to do what you want to do you might as well do it with gusto we got Miles Garrett out of it. Miles Garrett's a great player. Yet I'm not going to have Miles Garrett for my favorite football team for the rest of the season while the Steelers are just going to sit the guy who got him to do that. And that's how a Cleveland fan would feel. Then you got Baker Mayfield. 
Then you have Denzel Ward. And you have Nick Chubb, and you got some really good players. Denzel Ward's been great since he came back from the hamstring injury. Been wonderful. Greedy Williams has been pretty good, too. These are, these are good players. But what I fear that Miami and Cincinnati and Washington could do is the same thing the Browns are doing right now. Is that I have Tom getting angry, and rightfully so, by the way, getting angry about what Freddie Kitchens wore yesterday where he has a Pittsburgh started at shirt. Because while I want to say that I'm positive about it, I do fear what happens tomorrow. Because I know that if the Pittsburgh Steelers win that game against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, and they very well could, Monday is going to be hellish. And it's going to be hellish to an obscene degree because of Freddie Kitchens wearing that shirt. There are people now who are defending Freddie Kitchens wearing that shirt, and if they lose that game on Sunday and the Browns fall to 5-7 and seven and basically bow out for the rest of the season, there will definitely be reason, and there will definitely be people who point right to Freddie Kitchens. Immature, doesn't know how to handle it, gave them a victory Monday, their sub-500. Bill Belichick rarely does that. They're going to point right to that because to them, and it does, it is a good point, it looks like you've skipped a step or tried to skip a step. And when I bring up Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, these are organizations, they didn't skip that step. They got veterans, they got coaching, they got good organizations that paid the fiddler for it over that time, got better, got a playoff run, brought guys up the right way before they put those guys out there. You go back over the last few drafts, it's amazing to me. Like Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears traded up for them for him, and Mitchell's certainly been more negative than positive. Can't deny that. Ryan Pace might get fired over going after that quarterback. But other than that, Deshaun Watson, Houston. Good coach, good organization, even though they fired their last guy and the other guy had to step down because of his wife being ill. Good coach, good organization. Veterans on that team, J.J. Watt, so on. They traded up. Deshaun Watson looks perfectly fine. Kansas City, John Dorsey, who's now with the Cleveland Browns, that's what makes it a little bit more scary. John Dorsey trades up. Good coach, good organization, veterans on that team. Patrick Mahomes is an MVP quarterback. Lamar Jackson, great coach, great organization, good ownership, veterans on the team. They let go, and they still have veterans on that team. Lamar Jackson changing the NFL world. Josh Allen, Bills didn't tank, Bills traded up. Good coach. Good organization, good owner, wants to keep the team, wants to keep things stable, the Pagula family. Looking like Josh Allen could turn into a very nice quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Baker Mayfield had to go through hell earlier this year. He settled down, and he's looked a lot better over the last month. Sam Darnold, I can try to say the same thing, went through hell, even with the mono. Kyler Murray, Cardinals weren't even tanking. Kyler Murray shows some flashes every now and then. We keep talking about tanking. Why do you need to tank? I saw what happened to Tua Tagovailoa. I mean it. I hope that he falls. A guy who's coming off a hip injury that could be very well serious, coming off of that type of serious injury, could go with an organization that I can't trust as far as I can throw him. If Washington were to draft a quarterback again, and I'd have to consider they could, if Washington were to draft a quarterback again, even Redskins fans, we were asked the question during five burning questions, I couldn't come up with anything other than more bad ideas for the Washington Redskins. Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, you have your work cut out for you. Bad vibe from the fan base. They're talking about a moving down there. Go ask Mo Egger, ESPN 1530, unpaid testimonial. I know it's a competitor. But Mo Egger will tell you, there's fan apathy. 
And it was even before this last 0-11 start to this season. You don't have an indoor practice facility. You have a wide receiver who's one of the best in the business before this injury who is languishing and wasting his talents. Andy Dalton's not even that bad. Nobody cares. Joe Burrow's going to have to change that franchise around. Justin Herbert is going to have to change around a bad franchise. Brian Flores is the best thing Miami has going for him. They've amassed a bunch of draft picks, but you know what? Even if James Herbert or Justin Herbert were to take over for the Miami Dolphins, I got no Laramie Tunsil. I got no Minka Fitzpatrick. I got a bunch of picks. Picks are good ideas. Picks are lottery tickets. Picks are a best-case scenario. Draft picks, to me, are when people play Mega Millions. Nobody plays when it's just a good, solid even $2 million jackpot. Nah, I'm not going to play it. When it's $480 million, man, people from all over these states, they're playing for it because it's the best idea. They don't think they can lose. They want to take a shot at it. But teams like the Patriots, teams like the Ravens, even I got to throw the Steelers in there, good, well-run organizations, they go out and they play the best odds they possibly can. They don't just hit big-time home runs. They don't need to live off big-time home runs. They get good picks. T.J. Watt's been a good pick. Obviously, we keep talking about Lamar Jackson ad nauseum in this league. They they do hit home runs every now and then. But what fills out their rosters are guys like in the past, like Zadarius Smith, who's fourth round, who's made them better. Guys like Brandon Williams. Guys who don't have to be top-end, but are able to anchor an offense and a defense and to do the best business possible for them. They don't need top-end number two. They don't believe in tanking. You know, People talked about Pittsburgh tanking this year because Ben Roethlisberger went down. An organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers are ever going to tank? First off, they have too many veterans. They have too much talent. You're not going to get to the level you need to to quote-unquote tank. And so if you're still going to be more than likely a 5-6-7 win team, maybe even an 8-win team by how it shakes out this year, but probably 5-6-7 wins somewhere in there, They're already a six-win team, so six or seven. If you're already there, what do you hope to get? Probably a player as good as Minka Fitzpatrick, who's only in his second year. This thought of NBA tanking getting to the NFL makes me sick because it's your franchise giving up, letting you pay the fiddler for that for the next one to two to three years. Because if there's anything that's been proven, watching the Cleveland Browns as closely as I have this year – You can try to do a lot of different things. You'll never, ever be able to skip the step. There are plenty of teams that looks like it happened overnight. It hasn't. Kansas City went to the playoffs before Patrick Mahomes took over. Houston was a playoff team with T.J. Yates before Deshaun Watson took over. You might think it happens overnight because we don't talk about those teams before it happens because they're boring, they're just getting there, and they're just also ran. You show me an 8-8 eight and eight football team or a 9-7 and seven team that just sneaks its way into the playoffs, and I will show you a team that, yep, go ahead, push them all in, trade up in the draft because you've shown me you have good coaching and a good staff and you got some solid veterans there. All you need is that next piece. You can go ahead and do it. And you've seen it with Houston. You've seen it with Kansas City. You've seen it with Baltimore. You've seen it with Buffalo. But keep telling me about all this tanking, and I will keep showing you losers. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up in a bit, you can be jealous. You can also be honest, too. And if I like you, I'll care.
If not, you just make too much money for me to worry about your problems. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Final segment of the day. Speak now and forever. Hold your peace. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them hot at Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. Hey, Tom, before we go on into what I wanted to get into, were you kicking a field goal there or were you going for it if you were Jim Harbaugh? No, I mean, and we were talking about it before the decision was made, and we both agreed that we'd be going for it. If I was Jim Harbaugh, 100%, I'd be going for it right there. You need sevens today, not threes. If you're going to win this game, you need sevens. Can I share a really stupid opinion with you? Please. If I were Michigan, when I was redoing the stadium, I would cut out a visitor's entrance like they did with Notre Dame. What? Okay. Did you do you know do you know what I'm talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about. Just because of the the crowd demographic today? I, no, I just think it's weird. I'm talking about the teams, like the tunnels for when they enter the field and exit the field. Oh, I see. They shouldn't be in the same tunnel. No, exactly. Like Notre Dame's used to be in the same tunnel, and I think it's such a great move that Notre Dame has this basically, like it's like five feet by seven feet. Like you barely have any clearance to get out from your locker room onto the field and it's very tight so basically it looks like it's such a pain in the ass I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about they have to where go ahead and look it up it looks like such a pain in the ass to get to the field and back off the field because you have to go one by one and so if you got 60 people you're bringing plus all your staff it's just a little bit it makes it a little bit more difficult that's all you you don't agree with me do you I, I see what you're saying. I'm a little confused okay. why we're going there, but but I, 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 I just disagree. was I was I was watching them leave the field. and I go, gosh, Michigan's got to wait for Ohio State to get off the field. Then they got to go in, and it's in the same tunnel. And maybe you're inviting some sort of pushing in, the shoving in, the kicking in, the gouging in, the mud, and the blood, and the beer. And that's why I just think I'm like, eh, just give them another tunnel, just cut out another tunnel, and then they can go in that way. Then you'd that's lose all. some seats for Ohio State fans to be sitting in. Oh God, dear Lord. <laughs> Just put more up on top. Have you ever been to the big house? No, unfortunately. One it's, of my best friends went to Michigan, too. Like It feels like you could just jump up and touch the top of the stands. That's how deep that bowl is. It's incredible. It really is a, it, it is a piece of machine or a, a piece of engineering that's incredible. 855-2124-CBS. Yeah, I, I, you would have gone for it. Yeah. I tend to agree, but if you don't get anything there, like it's a 12-point game. And if it's it's 28-16 right now, it's a 12-point game that would have been a 15-point game. If you give up a touchdown, gosh, 19 seems insurmountable. But even, I mean, you think about that. You had another, that's a 22-point lead then? That's three touchdowns. There's no formula for these decisions. That's three touchdowns, Tom. And I know there is no... no, It's always based on the specific case. This specific case is the Michigan defense can't even slow down Ohio State. And they also are rolling on offense. So while you're rolling, put it in the end zone. And you're you're in a shootout right now. You're not in a grind. I know Harbaugh wishes this was a defensive grind where field goals mattered. But you're not in that kind of game right now. You're in it, coach. And, now, right. and really, with Ohio State getting the ball to start the second half, really, this game hinges on a stop right away in the, to start the third quarter. You are right about that. I grant you that. You are right. Because if, if Ohio State comes out and scores, man, he's 19, and if Ohio State gets one stop, boy, I don't know if it's going to happen that way. I really don't know if that's going to happen that way. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I have something that's going to get me in a lot of hot, hot water with some people out there, but i got to do it. I care about you if I choose to care about you. I saw Kyrie Irving's Instagram post the other day. And there's a lot of people who are fans of players. And if you're a fan of Kyrie Irving, that's fine. 
But in pro sports, I choose to be a fan of you. And he had a huge, long... It was like me talking on the air. A huge, long-winded Instagram post. Honestly, it looked like the beginning of Star Wars, but it was about he could take basically take or leave basketball, and it's a game, it's supposed to be a game, and basically what I thought, I took it as is, and Tom, you can agree or disagree, whatever, I took it as stop riding my ass. Is that what it was? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm being fair to the guy. Because what I say is maybe a little bit controversial because we're not supposed to say this type of thing in today's society. I think you get enough money where I'm, I don't have to care about you. I think that's what it's for. You get paid $30-plus million a year, I, I don't have to care about you. I can choose to. Like the analogy I brought up before and where I think the NBA is going in some certain places is when I went and looked for a new house, I was looking at Realtor.com, unpaid testimonial. I was looking at Realtor.com. And then we went to a couple of places and looked at them. And I'm at a town called Hudson. And I remember I was like, yeah, this ain't my kind of place. Not me. But I went into a room that would have been one of my son's bedrooms. And there was Kyrie Irving, Boston Celtic stuff all over the place. There was in another house. This one was in a town called Olmstead Falls here. There was a bunch of... Steph Curry stuff all over the place. Like the times, they are a change. I'm in Northeast Ohio. And in my age group, where I am 33, like I would have had a bunch of Cavs stuff. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I love I loved Shaquille O'Neal growing up, and I loved Michael Jordan growing up. But it would have been a bunch of Cavs stuff. My dad would have seen it that way. It's just like you're the local guy. You're going you're gonna to like local things. Now things are changing. I just think, though, that in the NBA and in pro sports in general, but especially in the NBA, you're still going to have, if I start to tell you about NBA players being sentient beings and they can make their own decisions, and boy, as long as they're happy and healthy and everybody's so happy now, I think a Knicks fan would cuss me right to my face before I could even stop my statement. I think a good, strong Laker fan would cuss me right in my face before I could even stop or start my statement, but especially a Knicks fan, because you're supposed to be a place that people want to go to and nobody wants to go to your franchise. When I see Kyrie Irving say that, if you're a big Kyrie Irving fan, you have every single right to defend him, to feel bad for him, to to pity him, to empathize with him, whatever you want. Be mad at him for that state, whatever. You have every right to do it. But the more we go down this route of, well, what are players feeling? What's their feelings? Forget their box scores. Forget what they did on the floor. What are they feeling? I don't think I have to care about the feelings of every player. I don't think I want to care about the feelings of every player. There's guys who I think that are interesting and fun and guys who I think that are interesting and mean, and I want to see what those guys are about. I want to see what Donovan Mitchell's about. I think he's pretty cool. I think he's pretty fun to follow. I like to see more of him. I think that Russell Westbrook, personally, I'm a huge fan of Russell Westbrook, and I know he's a ball hog. His his triple doubles are hollow. He would never want anything in New Orleans, and he might still not win anything. Yeah, I, I get it. I've heard it all. I still like Russell Westbrook. There's just something about the guy I'm always going to be a fan of. I choose. With Kyrie Irving, and obviously at one time I chose. And now it gets to the point where you make $30 million a year. Plus, if I choose not to care, 
you can't call me the biggest bastard in the world for not caring. Part of what pro sports is is that I get to choose whether or not I care about you, whether I choose whether or not you, the person, or somebody that I care about, that I want to know more about, that I want to empathize with, somebody I want to support as a fan, or if you're just a living, breathing, talented body as a vessel for my enjoyment that wears the jersey that I like. That's what it comes down to. Because when it comes down to us, and people always do this all the time on social media, would you say these things to people's faces? No. But I also understand that part of what you get is that I know at the end of all this, if I say horrible things about you, and I can't condone saying horrible things, but say I'm just some run-of-the-mill schlub, and I say terrible things to you on Twitter, I say terrible things to you on Twitter knowing that you'll more than likely go to a house that I can't afford, be with people that I can't afford to be with, eat food that I can't afford, drive cars that I can't afford, and overall have a better way of life than I can afford. While you may still be miserable, and I've met miserable millionaires, and I have met very happy homeless people in my life, while you might not be having a fulfilled life, the money is there for you to have the opportunity to have a fulfilled life. For the guy knocking down 28000 a year, he doesn't have that opportunity. So when he gets a chance, he believes in his team, he believes in his area, and if you are no longer representing that, you are going to bear the brunt of that. And if you don't want to see terrible comments on social media, it's that simple. Because you have the money to do so, you don't have to be on social media. Because you have the opportunity and you have the freedom to do so, you don't have to be on social media. You have people who work for you. You have personal chefs. You have masseuses. You have other people who handle your day-to-day affairs. Go ahead and give them your account. No one's saying, and I still can't understand this with NBA basketball players when it comes to Kevin Durant and some of these guys where Adam Silver at the Sloan Conference, man, we have we have some of the saddest basketball players we've had in a long time. They're, they're just so depressed. And they're on social media and they're so depressed. Who's making them get on social media? Why does Kevin Durant feel the need to get on, on Twitter or Instagram and make fake accounts and bicker with 14-year-olds? You might be the first generation to grow up that way, so maybe you feel you need to, but nothing's ever going to be that way. It's still the same as it is now as it was in the 1960s. If you're in the public eye and you play professional sports, there are going to be people who love you, and no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how many people you try to help, there are going to be people who hate you. There are people who hate J.J. Watt right now, and he's basically Santa Claus. J.J. Watt has raised quite literally hundreds of millions of dollars for worthwhile causes. He is a good person deep down. And there are people who can't stand J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt looks just fine with it, doesn't he? T.J. Watt's his brother. T.J. Watt gets all this afterglow being his brother, being that type of guy. He's also a pretty good football player, but you can't tell me if he had a different last name. People wouldn't take him as seriously as what he does. And he gets that, and they're pretty good guys, and they're a pretty good family, and everybody gets to enjoy it. There are people who hate both of them. And they don't care. They don't care. But some 14-year-old in Albuquerque, New Mexico, says Kevin Durant sucks, and I just can't believe that we would say this to these incredible God-given athletes. You don't have to care. The 14-year-old in Albuquerque doesn't have to care. The 28-year-old in Albuquerque doesn't have to care. The 63-year-old in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, 
doesn't have to care. It's their fan's choice. I don't believe that she should go on Instagram and go on Twitter and Facebook and start saying crazy things to people just because you can, just because you're a troll. But it's ultimately that person's choice knowing that what they do is public, what they do do is in the public eye, what they do, they make a lot of money to be in that public eye, so they also have it coming to them when they do well, and they have it coming to them when they do poorly. And that nobody, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, are going to be excited about what they ever do. And it's their choice because Kevin Durant doesn't got to be on social media. Kevin Durant can just tweet out, here's my new shoe. Here's the link to Nike.com. Go buy it. Kyrie Irving, here's my new shoe. Here's my link to Nike.com. Go ahead and buy it. Here's my new movie. Go watch my new movie. Here's my link to watch the trailer. That's all they have to do. No one has to check their mentions. Brian Windhorst doesn't make a quarter of the money that they do. Brian Windhorst hasn't checked his mentions in years. It's their choice if they want to be miserable to that case. There are certainly people out there that have a predisposition for depression. That's understood. But if an NBA player, certainly with NBA Twitter, hasn't understood that this is not a place where you go to to find positive, uplifting messages, because before when they were playing for McDonald's All-America or when they were, when they were in their AAU league, that's where guys, because they wanted them to go to their school, they wanted them, there were plenty of people saying nice things to them when they were younger. And then they go there for that affirmation, and now they play against teams that really have some certain stake in it, and there's people who hate them no matter what, and they just can't handle that. But if you're going for positive affirmation on on Twitter or Instagram, of all things, got bad news for you, Kyrie. Just because you told them to stop ain't going to make them stop. And you can say you don't need basketball. Kind of feel the other way. Big thanks to everybody today. Tom D, Shep, Billy Jack, Peter Schwartz, John Fass. I'll talk to you next week. Anthony Lima up next. Have a wonderful week, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.